Good evening. It's good to see everyone here. It's an encouragement to see each of you. You could be somewhere else tonight, but you chose to be here. And I know God's pleased. Thank you for the songs. Those were all great songs. And as always, I, you know, you go visit other congregations, but man, the singing here is wonderful. So thank you for singing out. Before we get started tonight, I wanted to tell you that this lesson is a little bit different than anyone I, any I've given before. Uh, I guess no, no two lessons alike, but um, I might say some things that you hadn't thought about, some things that you might, I'm not going to say you won't like, but this lesson is not to demean Jesus or God. We want to always, always exalt them. Uh, but I want you to think about some things I have to say tonight that makes, might be a little bit different than what you've thought about in the past. The title of the lesson this night is, Jesus Gets You. In Isaiah 9, 6, this says, For the, unto us a child is born, and to us a son is given. And the government will call upon his shoulder, and his name will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. It says he'll be called Wonderful, which means marvelous and astonish, astonishing. He'll be called Counselor, a person who gives advice. He'll be called Mighty God, a great, extraordinary, perfect in power, wisdom, and goodness. He'll be called Everlasting Father, meaning forever without end. He'll be called Prince of Peace, meaning wholeness and completeness. Luke 2 and 7 says, And she, speaking of Mary, And she brought forth her firstborn son, and wrapped him in swaddling clothes, and laid him in a manger, because there was no room for them in the inn. Now I'm sure most of you know this, but if you were to look up Webster's definition of a manger, it's a trough or an open box in a stable designed to hold feed for livestock. The God of the universe, our Lord and Savior, was born into poverty, spent His first night on this earth in a feed trough. Now those of you with children, can you imagine having your child be born and the first thing you do is you place that child in a feed trough? Can you imagine that? I can't imagine that. That would be a dirty thing. That would be unsanitary. That would be beneath anyone. But the God of the universe, Jesus Christ, was born in a trough. John 1.14 says, And the Word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld His glory, the glory as the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. The Word became flesh. The Son of God took on full humanity. Now, we always we acknowledge, we know that Jesus walked on this earth. He was a human being. But sometimes we stop right there. We, we acknowledge that, but then we go back to Him being up in heaven, which He is. 
But he was on here, this earth, 33 years. And a lot of things happened on this earth in that 33 years. He left the glory of heaven. And he moved into the neighborhood, so to speak. The one who made everything made himself nothing for us. In Philippians 2, verses 5 through 7, Paul is speaking here and he said, Let this mind be in you, which also was in Christ Jesus, who, being in the form of God, did not consider it robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation, taking the form of a bondservant, and coming in the likeness of men. I like that song. I've always liked that song that David led tonight, Make Me a Servant. That's what Jesus was while he was on this earth. He was a servant. He was a son of God, yet he served people. And that's what we should do. But he was a servant. He had no crown. He didn't wear a robe. He had no chariot to ride in. None of these things that man was looking for. When you think of a king, you always think of royalty. Think of, uh, think of, of uh, I guess it's now King Charles. He has robes. He has crowns. You know, he rides in fancy vehicles. That's what kings do. That's what we think of. That's what people think of. But not Jesus. He made himself nothing. Jesus, like us, he was just like us in so many ways. He, while on earth, he became dependent on his lungs to breathe, his legs to walk, his hands and his feet. All these physical things that we use every day, so did he. Did you ever think about that he was a baby? He had to have his diaper changed. Did you ever think about that? He was a baby when he was born. Mary had to change his diaper. He had to learn to walk. He didn't know how to walk. He didn't just get up and start walking. Just like our kids don't. He had to learn to stand. He had to learn to wash his face. He had to learn to dress himself. All these things that we have to do. He went through puberty. And I would almost bet, the Bible doesn't tell you this, but he was a human being. I'm sure his voice cracked. Like mine did when I was that age. He had real tears. They were real. When Jesus got older and started teaching, his, he had frustrations. You know, we get frustrated with things. Uh, last week at work, it seemed like there was one day that I kept getting phone calls from my upper bosses in the world. And they were, I think it was like pick on carry day, it seemed like. You know, you're not doing this right. Well, you should have been doing this. Have you told your employees that they need to do it this way and not that way? And I thought, man, this is just pick on carry day. I got frustrated a little bit. Jesus got frustrated with a lot of things while he was here on this earth. In Mark 3, 4, 
It says, then he, Jesus, then he said to them, Is it lawful on the Sabbath to do good or to do evil or to save or to kill? This is talking about a man that his hand had not been useful. It was withered, if you would. I, I suppose all his life. And Jesus could heal him of this, and yet people wanted to criticize him on the day that he did it. Imagine someone with this hand that couldn't, was of no use, really, and he could, he could heal it, but yet, well, you know, you really shouldn't have done it then. Imagine the frustration. In Matthew 17, 17, I, I believe Coulter mentioned this uh, incident in his sermon on Wednesday. It says, Then Jesus answered and said, O faithless and perverse generation, how long shall I be with you? Bring him here to me. This is a man that had epilepsy all his life, and he'd been brought to the disciples to be healed, but they couldn't do it. They couldn't heal him. And so they, they said, Jesus, is, what's the deal? Why can't we heal him? And Jesus said, it's because of your unbelief is why you, you can't heal him. As I mentioned, Jesus took the nature of a servant. Uh, repeating what we've already read, I'll read once again on Philippians 2, 7. But made himself of no reputation, taking the form of a bondservant, and coming in the likeness of man. He became like us. So he could serve us. He was both completely divine and he was both human. And why did Jesus expose himself to this, to these life difficulties? He didn't have to. Well, we know he loved us. He wanted to give us an example of how to live on this earth. Well, not too far back, I gave a lesson in John about him being in Samaria and the woman at the well. Okay, so you know, he did a lot of walking while on this earth. Um, and he got thirsty when he was walking, didn't he? When you're out in the heat and you're walking a long ways, you're going to get thirsty. And he did that as well in John 4, 6. Now Jacob's well was there. Jesus, therefore, being wearied from his journey, sat thus by the well. He was tired and needed a drink, just as you and I would be. You would think that someone that, that did all the things that Jesus did... You, you would think that whatever hometown he was from, that he would be, uh, everybody talk about it. You know, let's take Patrick's Mahomes, you know, uh, where he's from, they're all proud of that. You know, he's a three-time Super Bowl or two-time, what is it? I don't know. Anyway, they, he's won a bunch of Super Bowls. And they're proud of him. They want you to know, hey, I know that guy. I mean, I remember when he was a little boy. All the stories you could probably hear about that. Yet Jesus wasn't welcome in his hometown in Nazareth. Mark 6, 6, and it says, And he marveled because of their unbelief. Then he went about the villages in a circuit teaching. He was not welcome in his hometown. He could not be acknowledged as God's son. only thing he was acknowledged as, he was, um, he was a carpenter. He was a son of Mary. That's about all he could get out of anybody. 
He was a carpenter. He was a son of Mary. But there was much more to it than just that, wasn't it? We don't think sometimes it's good to get angry. And, 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 and it's not. If we have, if we have uh, anger issues over every little thing, we need to control that. That's, that's a temptation that people have, just like a lot of other temptations. But sometimes you've got to get angry to get your point across. And so in, in, uh, in John 2 and 13, and following... Now the Passover of the Jews was at hand, and Jesus went up to Jerusalem, and he found in the temple those who sold oxen and sheep and doves and the money changers doing business. And when he had made a whip of cords, he drove them all out of the temple with the sheep and oxen and poured out the changers' money and overturned their tables. He said to those who sold doves, Take these things away. Do not make my father's house a house of merchandise. He was upset, very upset. And if you drove somebody out and you had a whip, I imagine that he got their attention. This was a place where God was to be worshipped, and yet the people were making it a house of merchandise. We need to remember why we come here to worship. We don't come here to be entertained. There are a lot of people that go to worship services to be entertained. That's not why we worship. There's, we just had that Super Bowl I'm talking about last week. And there's, people, there's, there's churches in this world that, you know, um, we need to get a lot of people here. We'll have a Super Bowl party for our worship service, and we're going to give away this big screen TV. If you'll just come, you might have a chance to win that. That's not why we come to worship, is it? Completely the opposite of why we're here. Jesus got sleep, sleepy just like we do. He had to sleep. And if you recall in Mark 4 and 38, Jesus was with his disciples. And they were on a boat. And the waves got pretty high. And, you know, it wasn't, it wasn't like these, uh, these ships that you take cruises on. You know, that, that much, not much would make these, uh, these boats go up and down and sideways and everything. And says he was... Uh, but he was in the stern asleep on a pillow, and they awoke him, and he said to him, Teacher, do you not care that we're perishing? Well, of course he cared. But he knew God would take care of things. He was asleep. He needed some sleep. He needed some sleep, just as you and I do. Jesus was sad at times. He had sad times on this earth. You recall in John 11, we read about Lazarus dying. And in verse 21 of that chapter, Martha said to Jesus, Lord, if you'd been here, my brother wouldn't have died. If you'd just been here, he wouldn't have died. And she was distraught. She was so distraught because her brother had died. A natural feeling when you have a loved one that passes away. If you'd just been here, if you'd just been here, and it... It cut Jesus to the heart because it says in uh, verse 35 and 36, Jesus wept. It says, Jesus wept. The Jews said, see how he loved him. People saw that he had emotion. Jesus knew that he could raise Lazarus from the dead. He knew he was going to, but he wept. 
I don't think so much because Lazarus had died, but because of Lazarus' sisters being so distraught that he just, it, it hurt him to see them hurting like that. We do the same thing a lot of times. You know, we, we, we go and see brothers and sisters who've lost someone, and emotion comes over us as well because we care for them, and we don't like to see them hurting. Well, here's one I can really relate to uh, more often than not. And, and, and uh, Jesus got hungry, didn't he? He needed food. And I get hungry a lot. And, and uh, I staying hungry, stay hungry more than I should. But in Matthew 4 and 2, and when he had fasted 40 days and 40 nights, afterward he was hungry. I can't imagine. <laughs> I'm not sure I could go 40 days and 40 nights. Going just a few hours is pretty tough on me. But he got hungry. He endured all this. And why? Because he loved us. He knew that all these he knew how all these things would make us feel. He knew that he could re, we could relate to him. That's why we can go to him. This is why we can go to Jesus because he knows what we go through. He did it. He gets you. He gets me. He understands. If he had lack of understanding, then that would keep him from us, wouldn't it? Sometimes lack of understanding keeps us from helping others. So I'll give an example. If, if I had a friend or acquaintance that was, let's say he had an alcohol problem. And he or she asked me, what should I do? And I say, well, you've got to quit drinking. That's an easy thing for me to say, isn't it? I'm not addicted to that. Just quit drinking. It's not that easy. They're addicted. I don't understand. I haven't had that particular problem. So it's easy for me just to say that, but I can't relate to them because I've not been through that. And many other things in life, other sinful things that, we, that have people have, sin problems... If someone's been through that, they can help you a lot more than someone that hasn't. Jesus responds to our needs very generously. And James, James chapter 1 and verse 5, If any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask of God, who gives to all liberally and without reproach, and it will be given to him. It says he gives to all. That doesn't mean a select few people. He gives to all. And when it says liberally, some versions say generously. This wisdom here, I believe, is talking about knowing the right things to do, the correct doctrine, if you would, the correct belief. In Hebrews 4, chapter 15, For we do not have a high priest, and this is speaking of Jesus, we do not have a high priest, who cannot sympathize with our weaknesses, but was in all points tempted as we are, yet without sin. Let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace, that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. Let us therefore come boldly, or let us come with confidence. We come in confidence... To Jesus, He's going to help us out. 
He's going to help us out. He was here for 33 years. Jesus felt everything that we feel. Now I talked about he probably had to have his diaper changed. Well, what about this? He probably got colds. He might have got the flu. He probably had indigestion. He walked all these places. You know his feet got dirty. We read about him washing the disciples' feet. They walked through all that dirt. Feet got dirty. He probably had body odor. You think about that? Because he was a human being. His feelings got hurt. He got, his feet got tired. He had headaches. Well, to think of, like, think of these things that I'm talking about, that almost seems irreverent, doesn't it? You shouldn't be saying those things about Jesus. He's the Son of God, and yes, He is. But He went through these things that we go through. That's why He can relate to us. But it's really easier, isn't it, to take the humanity part out of this? Just take that out. Because we are talking about the Son of God. Let's take the humanity part out of it. We don't really like to think, as I mentioned at the beginning, about Jesus being born in a trough, do we? Now, it's been a few months since Christmas. A lot of the yards and, and different places you witnessed that there were nativity scenes. Uh, and everything was just in the right place. You know, Jesus was laying in this little, nice little... Uh, quote manger but it had hay in it and it was just it was, everything was just right the animals were all in one you know all just in the right place and the wise men everybody was in the right places you know everything was just perfect but it wasn't that way did you ever think that he was in this manger in this trough and there was probably a lot of manure around that trough would you and I want our babies to be in a place like that? No, we wouldn't. But that's where Jesus, the Son of God, was. In a trough with manure all around. We don't like to think that at times he might have got sweat in his eyes. We, 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 we might pretend that he never snored, that he never blew his nose or hit his thumb with a hammer. He was a carpenter. And I would venture to guess that he hit his... Hit a, his hammer hit his thumb a few times. Keeping Jesus divine and not thinking about the human part, to me, makes him a distant person. He's, it makes him distance. It separates us. If you let him into your life, understanding that he's went through everything you've gone through, he can help you out. He will help you out because He gets you. He understands you. Jesus said we're to love our neighbors in Matthew 22 and 39. And the second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. Spoken by a man whose neighbors tried to kill him. Ultimately, we know that Jesus did die on the cross, didn't He? He was crucified on the cross. We observed that with the Lord's Supper this morning. And every Sunday we do. Philippians 2 and 8 and following, And being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself. 
became obedient to the point of death, even death of the cross. Therefore God also has highly exalted him and given him the name which is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow, of those on earth and of those under the earth, and that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. In 1 Peter 2 and 24, Who himself bore our sins in his own body on the tree, that we, having died to sins, might live for righteousness, by whose stripes you were healed. You remember this morning, and, and, and we were observing communion, Callan in his prayer mentioned that it was our sin that put him on the cross. It was. It was your sin. It was my sin. It was all human beings' sin that put him on that cross. But you'll hear people say, and you might have said it, when you've got something that you're going through that's, and we all have these valleys, don't we? We have these peaks and we have these valleys. If you're living on the earth, it's going to happen. You're not always going to be on the peak. You're going to have the valleys. I've been through them. You've been through them. I'll be through them again, and so will you. But to say, well, God just doesn't understand. I mean, He just... He just doesn't understand what I'm going through. Yes, He does. He fully understands what we're going through, especially temptations. He understands that. My goodness, just think about all the different temptations He went through. I've been through a lot of temptations in my life, but I've never been in through anything like He was through. And yet, not once did He sin. Not once. If He was only God and not human... Would temptation bother him? No. But it did. But yet he overcame it. So he was here 33 years. He understands you and I. You know, even though this life has many good times and this life has many bad times, he's always there for us. We can live with him one day and there's not going to be any more of these tears. There's not going to be any of these heartaches. There's not going to be any suffering. The world tries to ignore who Jesus is and what He did. In 1 Corinthians 1 and 18, For the message of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing, but to us who are being saved, it is the power of God. Matthew 27 and 46, And about the ninth hour, Jesus cried out with a loud voice, saying, Eli, Eli, lama sabachthani. That is, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Now, yeah, I've, I've hit my thumb with a hammer before. And that hurts. And it uh, hurts bad. I remember roof, helping roof a house one time, and, and uh, I hit my hit my hammer, hit my thumb really hard. And uh, that, that thumbnail was as, as black as the asphalt out there for a long time. That hurt. Hurt really bad. But can you imagine having spikes or nails, whatever you want to call them, pierced into your hands and feet? Can you imagine the pain? Can you imagine the scourging of his back? Can you imagine this crown of thorns just crammed down on his head? 
It's hard to imagine all that, isn't it? Yet he endured all that. He felt all that because it was human. He didn't have to do it. But he did. But he did. Jesus gets you. And he can help you, but you're going to have to let him in. You're going to have to let him in. You can't keep him out. In James chapter 4 and the, uh, verse 8, the first part of verse 8, draw near to God and he will draw near to you. And in Psalms 145 and 18, the Lord is near to all who call upon him, to all who call upon him in truth. He's there for you. He's there for me. He's there for the whole world. But you've got to let him in. But you can't let him in. He can't come in unless you do what he asks you to do. And that is, you've got to follow his instructions to obtain salvation. And one of those requirements is, is behind me in this baptistry. It's, it's not the water. There's nothing special about that water. It's just plain tap water that comes out of the faucet. But it's an act that we go through. Jesus, was, he died and was buried, and we're, we die and are buried and was raised to life because our sins are forgiven. We have a remission of our sins once we, we believe and go into that water. That's how you obtain Jesus in your life. And he'll be there for you forever. So the question comes to you as in, in all lessons. If you haven't done that, this would be a night to do it. If you've studied and understand what you need to do. But life is hard, isn't it? And Jesus and God never said, anywhere that I can find, that when you do these things, that it's going to be an easy life. Nothing's going to be... You, everything is just roses after that. But you remember... Roses have thorns. And so, you get pricked here and there in life. But that will heal up. Jesus will help you heal up. But you have to let Him in. And sometimes these earthly things get in our way. So we have to rely on Him. You know, I've... I've drifted off before. I'm, I'm, not, I, I'm not a perfect person. I never would claim to be. But I've let the world get a hold of me in certain aspects of my life before. And things don't work out too good. Sometimes you have to drop to your knees and to remember who Jesus is and what He did for you and I. And you might need some prayers tonight. And that'd be alright too. Because we have people that's willing to do that here for you tonight so I hope that you take this lesson and this week as you're tempted and things do or they don't go your way you'll remember that Jesus went through pretty much everything we're going to go through but more than we did actually because he was tempted much more than we did we're treated nice in this world we think when I, when I was getting bashed by my bosses the other day that wasn't a big deal, was it? I mean, not really. 
It was okay. I needed it. Need to be reminded. Do a better job. Um, so that wasn't a big deal. But Jesus gets you. He wants to help you. So with that in mind, we're going to offer the invitation. There's been a song selected. And if you have any needs tonight, uh, the, the brethren here are more than willing to help you. You're not going to be judged. Just helped. If you have any needs, come as we stand and sing.